You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Mike Ross. Welcome to Leaf Sky, Episode 31, Season 3. Jim Taddy with you for the next half hour or so. Dave McCarthy from SiriusXMNHL.com will be our guest going over the Leafs first couple of days of free agent frenzy and of course the development camp looking at their draft picks and prospects long term before we get there new customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use the code XXX triple X bet just five dollars to score $150 in bonus bets instantly that is the code triple X only at DraftKings Sportsbook eligibility restrictions apply see DraftKings.com for complete details all right, on to the hockey story. I have to admit, not exactly overwhelmed with day one of free agent frenzy, but day two had some nice surprises. And, of course, when you're analyzing the Leafs, you start to worry about the salary cap. And my warning or advice is leave that to somebody else. It's going to work out at some point. They can't start the season over the cap, which they sit right now. But in summary, they lost to Chari, O'Reilly, Bunting, Kerfoot, Shen, and Hall. They added Bertuzzi, Domi. Reeves and Klingberg. These are nice ads. Four go out up front, three come back, two go out in the blue line, one comes back. And I really like what they did. The question is, is it good enough? Well, we're going to find out. Let's get into our conversation now with Dave McCarthy from SiriusXM, NHL.com. So, Dave McCarthy, a couple of days into NHL free agent frenzy, and the first day was, uh, I guess, a little calm on the Leafs' front. Maybe maybe calm isn't the right word, but day two certainly provided dividends. What do you make of what you've seen so far? Yeah, I think the word I would use for day one was quiet. Yeah. But, but that's okay, and I, I just want to remind people here, as I'm sure you have as well, but off the top, July 1st is not like the trade deadline. July 1st is a beginning Okay, the trade deadline is a conclusion. So you cannot evaluate your team based on what you see done in the first six hours of free agency. So that, to me, was outrageous that people were losing their minds when when all they saw was Ryan Reeves being signed to a three-year deal, which, to be quite honest with you, it's much ado about, about nothing. Now, in saying that, I like the acquisition. I think Ryan Reeves is a real quality player. If you can believe it, since 2018, he's played the 27th most playoff games of anybody in the National League. That, the 27th is fairly high on the list, right, since, since yep. 18. So it's not as though he's a guy that is, is done. Um, you got to use him properly in order to get effectiveness out of him. But I still think he's at the point where he can contribute. Um, he, he changes the look of the team. He is a guy that, that really does bring a group together. And I like what Brad Tradeving said on, on, on July 1st after the signing was that he felt the room needed a little bit more noise. And I agree with that. You look at the bench so often and, you know, everyone's just sitting there staring, looking. You, you need some, some, some noise on the bench in the room some different elements of players. So I think there's value there. 
who cares about the three years? Really, really, who cares? Um, 1.3 million bucks, you can bury, if need be, a pretty significant amount of that money in the minors. The cap's going up 4 million bucks next year. So you're looking at maybe 200, 300,000 dead cap money. It doesn't matter. And the third year, if that's what it took to get the player, as Brad Trey, let me said, it, it, it did, then so be it. Um, it's not your money. I, I really did not understand people losing their mind on that. Um, yeah, and, and I, I think really for, for a conversation here, we're going to forget about money because uh, they're over the cap. Uh, we don't know how they're going to get under the cap, but they will because they have to. So you have to sort of leave the money part of it out. Exactly. Exactly. Like these, these, these people that like to play amateur capologists, like they're, they're going to figure it out. Don't worry about it. Like really, I mean, it, it sounds bizarre to say, but do not worry about it. They have to, as you put it quite rightly, and they yeah. will. So, just look at the, the, the bodies that they brought in and concentrate more on the term. I, I think bringing in Tyler Bertuzzi and Mac Domi on one-year deals, along with John Klinberg on a one-year deal, good moves, right? Like, Tyler Bertuzzi is an upgrade on Michael Bunning. He is um, on a one-year deal. So if you can fit him in this year, which they will, does he upgrade your team this year? The answer is yes. Um, Max Domi provides some versatility. Uh, he can play the wing if need be. He can play center down the lineup if you go through a rash of injuries. I think ideally, and, and Brad referenced this uh, this morning on uh, on Monday here when he spoke July the 3rd, that they see Max as, as, a, as a winger, but, but he provides that versatility, right? Like Ryan O'Reilly did when he was here. He could play center. Uh, he could move up. Tavares could it gave It gave Sheldon Keith some options. So, so that's good. Um, and John Klinberg is a guy that will provide some offense from the back end, which I think you and I talked about throughout the year. They were in short supply of um, at times, and and they needed an upgrade in that area. And you're going to get a, a motivated guy as well who admitted today that you know last year didn't really go that well. He he didn't he wasn't particularly comfortable uh, in Anaheim, having left Dallas, the only team he had ever known. He got off to a bad start. Team got off to a bad start. Snowballed on him. Didn't go well. He said he started to feel like he found his game a bit once he got dealt to Minnesota. So you're going to get a motivated guy and uh, a guy that can help on the back end. I also don't think Brad Treliving is done uh, dealing on the back end. So I think there's still more to come. So, so far, I think so good. And, and, and to be honest, you know, it's July 3rd, really. Who knows yeah. how it's going to play out. But if you look at the guys in and the guys out, Bertuzzi upgrade on Bunting. I think Domi, yeah, maybe a slight upgrade on Alex Kerfoot, potentially a, a more significant upgrade if he plays real well. Um, Klinberg, different type of defenseman than Justin Hall. So we got that's incomplete on the back end. But, but to bring him in, a good move. Uh, and Ryan Reeves is is a guy that'll give your your fourth line a little bit of bite. So so far so good, I'd say. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And so uh, Brad Tree Living used a couple of words. Uh, he used uh, adding more noise, and uh, on Monday he used the word snot, which, <laughs> which is what Bertuzzi and Domi bring to the table. Uh, what I really like about this is the term. 
So you've got three guys out of the four brought in on one-year contracts. And I think that's the way the Leafs have to have to live for this year because that's really what the economy tells you is going on. The cap doesn't go up by much. Uh, you like people on one-year contracts and you worry about what happens next year. Next year, And everybody who left signed for term. So I'm okay with that. Uh, what I like about the Domi acquisition is, uh, you know, he could be a third-line center. He could be a winger on the Tavares-Nylander line, or he could be a winger on the Matthews-Marner line, and Bertuzzi can interchange with him. And so that question that we've had, who plays left wing on both those lines, got a nice answer there. And there are options. You can switch them around, and, and if need be, you could drop Domi down to the third-line center position. So I like the flexibility. Well, exactly. Exactly. And uh, I like the fact that they're on one-year terms, too. I asked Brad that question this morning. How did you, you get to one-year deals? Was it the team trying to keep them in one-year deals? Was it the players looking for one-year deals? He said it's an interesting market right now because in, in the three of their cases, uh, Domi, uh, Bertuzzi, and uh, Klimberg, the salary cap we know is going to go up significantly next year. So if, if you're a guy like those guys, um, like, for instance, Tyler Bertuzzi was looking for, for 49 sheets, seven years, seven million bucks a year. That wasn't out there this year for him. So what he's figuring is, and, and Brad said that he initially was looking for term, but he, he, he told Tyler in his camp that if, if you come around to thinking about a one-year deal, come talk to us because we're really interested in you. So you come here, you're going to get put in a good position with good players to have a good year individually, theoretically have a good year as a team, and then you set yourself up real good uh, next year to hit unrestricted free agency again when the cap's higher. So that's why those guys took one-year deals, puts them in a good position personally because it speaks to their belief in, in the situation they're coming into um, because they feel like they're going to be able to have a good year and, and be, be um, able to command some money next year. Um, and, and, and the good thing is, is that you're right. The left side was a question mark pretty well all year last year. Yeah. Um, now they brought in like real players as opposed to, uh, scrounging in the discount bin for guys who are, you know, 32 on league minimum deals, uh, that you hope can find something. You have a pretty good idea of what you're going to get out of all three of these guys. So the fact that they brought in three real players, um, but kept it to one year, I think that's really good work on the part of Brad Trey Living. And then you, you, the team, from the team standpoint, they set themselves up for some more flexibility again next year when you know the the unrestricted free agent crop might be a little bit more attractive than this year, which really, if you're looking to pass out long-term deals, there really weren't too many folks on the market this year that I'd be looking to give significant money in term to. So I think it's a win on, on both sides, really. Well, and, and the way the Leafs are, I, I really don't think they're in a position to hand out long-term deals, aside from the money, just from the theory. I mean, they haven't they haven't done anything yet, so I wouldn't be anointing anybody as, as the you know the the sort of the, the guy who's going to lead the this team out of it. The, that person hasn't material uh, that person hasn't materialized yet, and, and maybe he's already on the roster. You hope, but but so far we haven't seen it. What I really like about Reeves is he's going to deliver that open ice hit. The one that's that's missing from the the equation in the past, he's going to deliver that hit. Somebody's going to go after him, and he's going to turn around and say, "What do you want to do about this?" <laughs> which which is new for the Leafs. Well, it is, and and look, let's not get carried away. He's not he's not Tom Wilson. 
Um, you know, it's funny. I was talking to uh, Darren McCarty uh, um, on my show uh, yesterday, and we were talking about the impact of, of Ryan Reeves. I asked him who's the toughest guy in the league today. And he's like, well, what do you mean by that? Do you mean like fighting or do you mean all around? Because he said the gold standard in his mind right now is, is Tom Wilson because he has that ability to drop the gloves if things go sideways, but he can also play top six minutes. So that's the gold standard. But, but Ryan Reeves, he said, you know, is a guy that in, in limited minutes he thinks can really impact um, the team in a positive way because he's, he said, like, just fighting? He, he said Ryan Reeves is, is right up there, if not at the top of the list. So it's, it's almost a case of when you're so good at it, you never have to do it because no one's going to be foolish enough to go down that road. But it, it does affect how other teams will play, uh, not just him individually, but the team itself. Because if need be, you know, on a Tuesday night in January, if things are going sideways, okay, well, then maybe he will take a shift with Austin Matthews just to make sure everything stays under control. So to have that that type of guy around, I do think is, is really positive. Um, like Wayne Simmons tried to provide that, but I think by the end last year, like his foot speed just just wasn't where it needed to be. I still think Ryan Reeves can skate fairly effectively. Um, so as long as he can get to where he needs to be and he's kind of that nuclear deterrent, you know, we're seeing some teams that, that are, are starting to go back to having some value on a guy like that. Leafs bringing in Ryan Reeves. Minnesota, as soon as they lost Ryan, they went out and brought in Patty Maroon from Tampa Bay because Billy Guerin is a strong uh, believer in, in that type of um, a component. And they're trying to win in Minnesota as well. Boston bringing back Milan Lucic. I mean, Boston's got some uncertainty right now, but... They always seem to find a way to be in the mix. So you'd have to imagine that they're not just bringing Milan back for, you know, ceremonial reasons, but because they've got other things in mind that they're going to try to do over the summer to keep themselves in a competitive position. So I do think you need some guys like that on your team. And to me, Ryan Reeves is, is right up there near the top of the list and guys that, that fulfill that role really effectively. Yeah, and so there's a flip side to every story. People will say, well, he's played for a lot of teams. Well, that means there's a lot of teams interested. So yeah. if it doesn't work with the Leafs, they won't have any trouble finding somebody to acquire him. So there's snarl up front. There's snot. There's noise up front. There is none of that on that blue line. And that's a scary premise for me. It is. But, again, it's July 3rd. Now, yep. I don't have to tell you, but they're not done. There's more coming down the pipe. Um, John Klimber kind of let the, the cat out of the bag to an extent. Uh, today, when he did his uh, his introductory news conference, and he read the quiet part out loud, he said, uh, "When I was talking to Brad, he told me that there's uh, still some other things that he's working on." And everybody was like, "Oh, oh, oh, really?" So he's not done. There's more coming in, and and you're right. They need some snarl, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> on that back end. I, I don't know what type of language we're. We're allowed to use on your show. I could use some part. I can use something stronger, but I won't. It might be kids listening. But 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 you're right. They they need some more of that back there. Um, you know, Morgan Riley. He he played great during the playoffs. Really liked his game. T.J. Brody was 
to use a Randy Carlisle axiom, I thought just okay in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and he's not he's not a guy that's gonna get anybody to look over their shoulder, so to speak. Um, so I, I do think there there is a focus, and they're gonna go out and look and try and bring in someone that can provide that. Who that guy is right now, hard to say. But I would uh, would be surprised if by the end of the off season they haven't uh, looked to add some of that element on the back end. Yeah, and so when we get into cost, I mean, this is, uh, I hate to do it, I'm going to put the salary cap on for a moment here. Uh, they have to save some money. So I would suggest to you that, that a guy like Brody gets moved out for a younger, cheaper defenseman with Snarl. Does that make any sense? Well, it's possible. Remember, there's Connor Timmons in the mix as well. Yeah. Um, so if you move Brody out and and find a guy that's a little bit more mean and nasty, um, you know, you've got a guy in Connor Timmons who could maybe slide in and, and play some minutes down the lineup. Um, you know, could Timothy Lilligren become available um, now that John Klinberg is in the fold? Um, you know, there's there's a number of different options that they can work with on the back end. I, I do still think a trade is coming at this point. Just reading between the lines of what Brad has had to say, um, he has not summarily dismissed the idea of making a trade. So yeah. I think there I think that's the route that that it's probably going to come from because I don't really see that defenseman available right now as a free agent. So if you're going to make a trade, you got to move some money out. Could that involve as well um, divesting themselves of some money that they'd really like to get off the books? Possibly. Um, again, like I said, it's early, but I, I think there is absolutely something coming on that front um, before game one in October. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So it, it's uh, it, it's like a salary and, and, and a mid-sized salary going out and, and maybe, uh, you know, a, a, a younger salary coming back in. Either way, they've got to save some money. And as we said earlier, smarter well, people – Smarter well, people can handle that. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, like, does a guy like Nick Robertson become available in trade? A, a prospect that I think would have some level of value. Now, now Nick alone isn't going to get you a, a, a quality top four mean, nasty defenseman. But if you look at the left side now and, and what they've done, you have, you have Bertuzzi, you have Dolny, you have Matthew Nyes. Yeah. Um, where does where does Nick Robertson play? Like he's not a fourth line player. Does he become available potentially in a in a larger trade? Um, you know, and you look at the the philosophy that Brad seems to be working under uh, so far this off season. You know, Nick Robertson, skilled guy, but he's not making anybody all that afraid. And to play up the lineup, I mean. It, I just don't see a lot of guys with that style of game uh, playing on teams to go deep into the playoffs in, in May and June. So, you know, does he become available? Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a, a guy that, that could be included in a larger deal. Okay, now here's the mystery for me. When they went into the weekend, and, and actually as I was covering Free Agent Frenzy on July 1st, I thought, well, you didn't really do anything to create any cap space. And that's where Matt Murray comes in. They obviously stated earlier in the week they weren't going to buy him out at this particular point. Um, I don't know how this tracks forward. Everybody's going to that lineup. You have to have three NHL-capable goalies. But having said that, you're not going to expose Joe Wall on waivers at the end of training camp because no. somebody's going to take him. 
and we don't know what Samsonov gets. So I, I don't understand, quite frankly, what they're doing there because I think there was there had to be a cheaper alternative out there than Matt Murray. Look, I mean, ideally they find a way to to move him off the roster. Um, if that's part of a bigger trade, um, you know, that would be ideal. Uh, to move, you'll have to throw in a sweetener. But if it's part of a larger deal and um, a team ends up needing a goalie that has cap space that's in a non-competitive situation right now, and even if you, you eat a, a slight portion of, of that salary, you're still, you know, even if you eat a million bucks, you're still saving, you know, two and change, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe there's something that can be done there. I agree with you. Joe Wall's on the roster. The guy's played too well. He's earned a chance. He deserves to, to get a chance. And if you put him on waivers, uh, he's gone. You'll get claimed. So I think you need to find a, a, a veteran guy that um, can be signed to a two-way deal that can serve as the third goalie. Matt Murray, at, at this point, for the Leafs, doesn't make sense in that role. I mean, you can send him down. He won't get claimed, but that's still just too much money on your books in dead cap space in a year where every dollar and cent matters. So let's close off on this. I think we all agree, you and I agree, that we like what they've done so far, and we agree that there's some sort of a trade um, imminent that, that doesn't that you can't predict who the bodies are. It's probably not fair for us to do that, but probably a prospect, a defenseman, and they have to do something with that, that Murray contract is sort of the, 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 the marching orders of what happens over the next week or so. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, I don't know if it necessarily happens in the in the next week or so. It it could be uh, one of those types of things that happens toward the end of the summer when uh, when the gone fishing signs are taken down and everybody rumbles back into the office toward the end of August. So you know, let's not get uh, get too eager and anxious um, about the timeline. But I think that at some point before the end of the off season, um, something of that nature will go down because. If, if, if Brad Trevithen can pull that off, I think that's a, a pretty successful offseason, reforming the look of the, uh, the group up front, bringing in some, some different players that have some different components and elements to their game. Um, you know, I think at this point you're, you're fairly confident with, with Samsonov and Wall as your two goalies. Um, you bring in John Klinberg, which we've already discussed. If you can bring in one more guy... That's a mean, nasty piece of business on the blue line. I think you've, you've done pretty good work at this point. And then, again, I'll always remind people that just like on July 1st, the team, the way it looks on that date is not the, the way it looks on game one of the regular season. The team game one of the regular season is not how the team looks game one of the playoffs. Um, but if, if, if Brad can go out and address all of those areas in the offseason, I think uh, I think that's a fairly successful, uh, you know, first first foray onto the job. Yeah, totally agree with that, Dave. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. Last minute of play in this podcast. All right. Thank you, Mike Ross, for the time warning. Time now for a lickety split. Yes, guy, no guy on the way out. Yes, guy, no guy. Number one. Love the Leafs adding. Bertuzzi, Domi, Klingberg, and Reeves. That's an emphatic yes guy. Something had to happen. Brad Tree leaving talked about adding some more noise to the Leafs. They added some noise there with Bertuzzi, Domi, and Reeves, and also added some puck-moving skill with Klingberg. So I like it. 
Yes guy, no guy number two. Trade to follow. Well, that's a yes guy too. There has to be. They're over the cap now. I don't know how they get there. Smarter people than me can figure that out. But I would suggest to you there's at least one or two players that go out and maybe lesser money coming back in. Don't have the names for you now, but it ends on a yes guy. And yes guy, no guy number three. The Leafs are better now than when they finish the season. Wow, that's a no guy. I can't get there because they haven't played a game. I like what they did. The ultimate question is, is it good enough? Go back to a year ago. Brad Tree living in Calgary. Lost a couple of big star players. Added some. And everybody applauded his moves. But was it good enough? No, because they missed the playoffs. Is this good enough? We don't know, so it's a no guy. Thanks for downloading Episode 31, Season 3 of Leafs Guy. I hope you come back next week for Episode 32.